Hello, and welcome to Keeper's Podcast with Pastor and Prophetess Marquita Johnson. Keeper's Podcast mission is to encourage you to be faithful and believe God, for He is faithful and a keeper of His promises. Let's tune in to this week's message. Remember, let's go to, um, I want to get into the scripture, um, Acts 1, 1 through 9. And this is when um, Jesus, he had died and he rose again. And then he was around. He, he was around for like uh, just talking and showing himself in different forms. But there was a meeting he had with his apostles in Acts 1, 1 through 9. It says, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day that he was taken up to heaven, after giving instruction through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them a command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift. Someone say, wait for the gift. Wait for the gift. My father promised, and when you have heard me speak about the one that I spoke about, and for John, baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him a whole whole bunch of questions. They want to know times and dates like we do. But down to verse 8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Wow. He came in and he spoke and said, you know what? I want you all, don't leave Jerusalem yet because God is ready to do something. He's ready to do this. God the Father is ready to give you something. And so he told them, don't wait. How many people know um, once sometimes there's a promise, uh, there's also a waiting period before you get that? We don't like it. We don't like to, you know, wait. We don't like it. But God is doing something in that waiting. He wants to make sure that you are fully submitted to his word that you're a good steward over what he is giving you, and that most of all, you won't get the big head, and you'll give God the glory and honor that is due to him once that thing has landed. But some of you have promises over your head, and you're wondering, how come they haven't hit my life? God is doing a work in you. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, God is doing a work in you. Hallelujah. We have to wait for it. Let me tell you something. Things wear differently when it's in the right timing. When it's in the right timing for the right reason at the right place, you know, it's right. It's like a good marriage. You know, when you get in a bad marriage and you, you know, you're fighting and it's strife and you're walking together, you look weird. Like, mm, that's not right. That's a mess. You know, that's a mess. I'm not looking at nobody, y'all. I can see some of your faces. But, but then when, when you're married to the right person, when you enter into the room, you, de- you demand uh, attention. And it's like, Wow. Wow, it's like the presence of God walks in with you when it's the right thing. And so you want to wait for the promise. Someone say, wait for the promise. Wait for the promise. The good thing about it is in John 14, let's go to that. I hope you all have your Bibles. I know we have it on the Well, we don't have it on the screen. Pull out your Bibles, your devices. I can tell you anything. When you walk into a church, make sure whoever's speaking that you can go in and say, okay, does that line up or are they lying? Is it a lie or is it the truth? Don't get, that's how people get deceived. Always bring your word so that you can learn for yourself. And then after that, write down notes and go back and research it some more. And ask Holy Spirit to give you and download more to you. Does that make sense? 
So John 14, 15 through 21, it says, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Someone say helper. That he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, and he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And so that's the promise that, you know, um, he's like, I'm going, to, I'm going to give you a helper. Because how many people know we need help? We need help. He, God realized from the time of Adam and Eve, when he saw them be human and they messed up, he was like, oh, I got to send them help. He had already determined they need help. I'm gonna, let me work this out. I'm going to work this out. And I'm gr- grateful for that. Um, let's go to Acts 1. 12 and 14, we're going to talk about when they begin to go to the upper room in preparation for this wonderful day. Acts 1, verse 12. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were, say, where they were staying. Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. These all continue on one accord. Someone say one accord. One accord. In prayer and supplication. Uh, do you all have my backdrop? One accord. Hallelujah. I call it forth in Jesus' name. <laughs> it went, there we go. That may make sense. Okay. So um, verse 14, these all continue with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. Wow. Guess what, you all in the upper room? Guess who was there? Mary, the mother of Jesus. Those of you who was raised Catholic, and some of your, your you know, maybe your um, grandparents or siblings or whoever, they're like, well, what's with all this Holy Ghost stuff? Why do you go to that church? That's not right. Well, all hell, Mary, full of grace, was in the upper room. And the Bible goes in and it says um, that all were filled with the Holy Spirit. So let me tell you something. Mary, Mary was filled with the Holy Ghost. She was a tongue talker, you all. So listen, release yourself. Don't worry about what anybody has to do religious. Mary was in the upper room and she was filled with the Holy Ghost. So I decree and I declare, if you grew up Catholic and people have told you that it's not for you, you I pray that you be filled, even in service, filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. In Jesus' name, thank you, O oh God, that they're receiving your word and they are receiving truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody just got freed right there. Again, go and research it yourself. I declare, declare freedom in Jesus' name. And at the time, the wonderful thing, when they went and prepared themselves and they went to the upper room, they were doing something. And it was more than just sitting. They were expecting. They were hungry. And they were united. Because it says on one accord. When you're on one accord, you're of one mind. You're saying the same thing. You are at attention. You are together. You are just pulling for the same reason, same mindset. So they were expecting. They were believing in the one who promised. They were hungry because they wanted more of God. And they were united. You know why? Because two is better than one. And just imagine two, three, four, five, six hundred thousand. We have to stand strong, church. We have to stand together with our brothers and sisters because we are soldiers on the battlefield and we don't have time to fight against those who are on our side, right? 
And so we're going to call for, that's one thing I'm going to pray, and I'm going to speak over Faith Culture Church, unity in Jesus' name. We declare unity for the kingdom of God, that we will love each other, and we're going to work together as one. We're going to speak the same thing. We're going to say the same thing, and it's all going to be the word of God. Amen. So expecting, hungry, and united. We need to gain our our hunger back. We need our hunger back. We need to be like those in Africa and other places. You know, here it's like, you know, I have to laugh because, uh, you know, we come in and we're like, I need my first cup of coffee first before I can worship. I need some coffee. I need double cream. Okay, you know, I, I love it, but what is God thinking? There are people out in mud huts who don't have anything, who may only have one meal in one day, but that does not stop them from saying, God, I love you. I want you. I invite you in. We need our hunger back. In America, we need our hunger back. We need to go after God. And if you don't have your Starbucks card and you don't have your Starbucks, you can still worship God. Hallelujah. Just want to, you know, we thank thank you. Um, I didn't have any coffee today, believe it or not. This is a... Good. I know this is Holy Ghost. <laughs> he is helping me this morning. And so in Amos 3 and 3, it says, can two walk together unless they are agreed? In order to be in agreement, in order to walk together to accomplish something, you have to be in agreement. And then let's finally, let's go to Acts 2, talking about the day of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord. Someone went, say one accord. One accord. In one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing and mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. They appeared to them, then appeared to them, divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were all filled, everyone in the room, because they were standing together, united. They were hungry. They were expecting, and the Holy Spirit showed up, and that's what's going to happen today. Amen. I can feel his presence. It's something that you all need from him, and he's got it. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. In Philippians 2, 2 through 4, it says, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy... Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being on one accord. Someone say one accord. One accord. And of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also the interests of others. This is the time when we need to start looking out for each other. Just like the Holy Spirit came in and looked out for us. Were we worthy of it? Did we deserve it? No. But he still stepped in and he still gave us help. We have to have that same love and compassion for our brothers and sisters, even though they may fall. When we see them in a place where they need help, where they need to be strengthened, we need to step in and help out. And I want to talk about, let's talk about uh, unity. And those who I asked to help out, and, and Casey, can you help me out? You all know I love props, right? I can come step up here. They're like, I asked them to help out. And they were like, so are we going to go over what we're going to do? I'm like, no, let's do impromptu. It makes it more exciting. Can you all line up right here? You're going to face this way. Casey, you're going to stay right there. And so we're going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit and what he does. 
Grab that for me. You all can line up just across here, okay? Can I get some music or something? <laughs> Hold it straight this way. There we go. Hold it. Because I'm going to need some, some music to keep them moving. You're going to grab that one. Come a little closer. Grab that one. Grab that one. I have no idea how this is going to work you all, but I believe God. I believe God. In this demonstration, I want to just kind of share, um, talking about braiding. And we know we love braids in every nationality. I can think of anyone, any color around the world. We all love a good braid. Rather, it's a cornrow, fishtail down the, the back. You know, braids are beautiful. But I was like, when? You know, what? I know in the African-American culture, that's a big thing. Just way back when. But I thought about it. I was like, when something is braided, you know, it's not like a two-strand twist. It has a strength, but then something that has three strands is stronger. And I was like, let me look this up. And it says, in Native American tradition, hair is a signifier of one's spiritual practice. I'm not saying this is our Christian practice, okay? You all hear me back there? This is not a spiritual thing. I am not saying, okay, Tab was like, I got you. This is a Native American tradition. Hair is a signifier of one's spiritual practice. Combing represents the alignment of thought. So when they're combing, lines, uh, alignment of thought. Braiding is the oneness of thought. When something is braided, it's coming together. And tying is the securing of a thought. Flowing strands of hair are considered individually weak, but when joined in braids, it demonstrates strength in unity. That's what happens when something is put together. And I believe that's, you know, the Father, the Son, and then here came the Holy Ghost. There was a third strand that came to strengthen us. It came, let's, we're going to look at this as a strengthener. This is the Holy Spirit that keeps us together. Because some of us, the enemy has been trying to pull us apart. It's been trying to destroy us, making us feel like we're unworthy and that we won't make it. But the devil is a liar. There is strength and unity. That's why we need our brothers and sisters. We need to stand together in love. We need to encourage each other. And we need to use the Spirit of God. And so with this, you all bear with me. I don't know how this is going to go, but it's going to work. So we're going to get this thing braided, okay? And so you lift it up. And so you're going to go under her. And you're going to pull, step back. And then you're going to go under her. Pull, step back. We're going to keep this process going. Go under. 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 They're working together. They're working together. They braid, they're braiding this thing together. The Holy Spirit is putting things together. There is strength and unity. When you begin to pull together, that third strand, the Holy Ghost, gives you strength. And then you can move things. You can pull things. You can move forward. In Ecclesiastes 4 and 12, it says, Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly or easily broken. If you're easily frustrated or torn apart, you need that third strand. It's the Holy Spirit. Some of you all, you, you, you need the Holy Spirit. Let's get through these last ones. Ephesians 1 and 13 through 18. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of God, the gospel of salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Listen, when the Holy Spirit came and he filled many of us and will fill many of you, it's like we were sealed with a kiss from the Father. 
we were sealed because breath of life came inside of us. And some of you need that kiss this morning. Before something is sealed, it's looked at, it's inspected. They make sure it's together, that it's fresh, right? And then it's sealed. Some of our seals have been broken. And that's the problem. You've come to God, but your seal has been compromised. Maybe sin has allowed your freshness to be released. Maybe relationships have broken you apart. And now you find yourself in a stale place. But we're going to call forth the, um, we're going to call forth the Holy Spirit to secure us. Romans 15, 5 through 6 says, Now may the God of patience and comfort grant to you, like-minded towards one another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So let me ask you, what is in your mouth? Is it love? Is it unity? Is it the things of God? Acts 19. Some of you have been saved already, but Paul, he said, he ran into some some, um, disciples in Ephesus and he said, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they were like, I didn't even know about the Holy Spirit. But he laid hands on them and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And so I want to pray for many of you all. Some of you all need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and maybe you've heard about it. Maybe um, you've, you've come and you've learned about it. Um, we want to lay hands on you and pray that you are filled with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And the other group of you, you need your seal repaired. We need the Holy Spirit to repair that which was once fresh. You need to be restored. And then I want to pray over the body of Christ and even those at Faith Culture Church for unity. The enemy is a liar when he tries to come in to divide and conquer. We come against every spirit of maliciousness that would try to snipe out God's children. We command those spirits to go in the name of Jesus. Thank you for tuning in to Keeper's Podcast. We pray that you are blessed by this message.